Yeah, yes, I noticed, um, although Kate, in, in effect, felt she bounced back, I, I feel I have, had, and are bounced, bouncing. Uh, I think Longford Town should have beaten them last weekend, and it ended up that uh, they, Shamrock Rovers scored a goal in the 96th minute, even though there was only 95 minutes, uh, there was only supposed to be five minutes of extra time played. Just in time I found you just in time Before you came My time Was running low I was lost The losing dice were tossed My bridges all were crossed Nowhere to go Now you're here Now I know just where I'm going No more doubt or fear I found my way Oh, love came just in time You found me just in time And changed my lonely life That Welcome to Thursday the Eastland, episode 158, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, the Prof, Carol We're back. We are back, officially, Prof, in the terraces. Uh, this week has been a total write-off. Family, friends, everybody, they're taking a back seat because Rovers are back. And we are back in the south stand. You're near the perch. I'm near enough to the perch. I'm Block X. What are you? Well, I'm still a West Ham wanker for the time being, unfortunately. Are you dead to me, Prof? You're I dead have, to me. I have duties, Gary. You have duties, yeah, in fairness you do. We're still sponsored by the fantastic Leinster Credit. And of course, they are always there for those rainy days. Leinster Credit, got your back. And of course, Ocean Electrical, as usual, for all your electrical needs. They actually got some work done. They're getting on post customers in as well. A couple of the staff, very, very happy customers. Uh, Ocean Electrical sorted them out with all of their electrical needs. And uh, yeah, so that is it. And of course... Manscaped for the baldiest balls in podcasting. It's Prof. And actually, have you used yours yet? Uh, no, I'm just letting you go on the air and embarrass yourself every week. And you I'm haven't. Just, I'd say I'd say you banjoed it. I'd say you broke it. There's that much going on. I'm just on. taking a back seat. There's that much going to on. This absolute farce. <laughs> yeah, so Manscaped. Uh, Tifties. Use the code Tifties. I get 20% off uh, a kit. And it's got ball deodorant. It's got. Ball spray, it's got um, like ball moisturizer, it's it's great, it's great. I won't go on about any more balls. We'll move on. So we're back after the mid season break to talk about another lay win in Longford. We've Gary O'Neill and Leon Polge doing Europe, and the lads help us look at our potential Champions League opponents in Tuesday's draw. And we have another Rovers Worst 11, and uh, that's before we look ahead to Friday and the Thousands Spectator. Football's coming home, prof. Um, Got a bit of flack off one or two people over these worst 11s saying that we're being mean. And what do I say to them? You can fuck right off. Because football's about opinions. And in fairness, it's much more fun gutting players than it is praising them. I hope you tell them GWOTC. Yes. Yeah. I, like I like that. Yeah. I like that. That kind of rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? GWOTC. Yeah, it's a bit of crack like. I mean, don't take it personally. That's didn't, the way I'd say it. Didn't I tell you last time, like, a couple of people at work heard that. And like, that was probably their favourite show that we ever did. Just because yeah. we were, were gutting players. Because yeah. it's universal, isn't it? I will say it's very, very hard to get people to go. 
players as well. I mean, I think out of the eleven people, I could have went through. I could have asked Tordy. I could have been that that much. Like you know, people are a bit a little bit reluctant to go people on air. Yeah, I was gonna say this later, Gareth. But uh, if you remember the original verse, worst eleven, we did that back in February. Yeah. Right. Uh, in terms of asking people, getting them sent in, getting the pull together, that was done in one week. Right. Mm-hmm. Would you like to tell the listeners how long it took to take put this worst eleven together? I think it was four months. Was it one week? I think it was four was months. Was it two weeks? Was it three? <laughs> four months, it I think month? it went, bro. Three months. Listen, people don't want to go anywhere anymore. I bl- I'm blaming COVID. Uh, they're just, it's just no. I don't even know the nose I got was unbelievable. <laughs> but we got it done eventually. We got it done, and uh, it's a cracker. So. You'll enjoy that. And, um, yeah, so yeah. most podcasts, are, they kind of did their show last week, didn't they? And then they're, <clears throat> then they're off this week. But that's not our style. No, no we like to, it's not our shtick. You know, we have to get people in the mood for the games. We can't be doing a podcast eight days out before the match. That's it. Listen, we're, we're vets mm. at this stage, prof. You know what I mean? Mm. Seasoned vets and pros. We don't fuck about. Tifties are also becoming a bit of an early morning show now. And uh, people are digging that. You know, yeah. it's, it's out nice and early, just in time for your commute or your walk or whatever. Leo Varadkar is a big fan. <laughs> but yeah, that's it is. I think a bit more time to digest it. That's what it's all about, digesting it, yeah. getting stuck in. Yeah, I got good feedback to that, so I'm going to keep doing that. And uh, great news, Gar. Jay Donnelly now has a League of Ireland podcast, the Longford uh, Media Fellow. Okay, what did he go with? Will you be tuning into this, Gar? Um, Jay Donnelly's podcast. What's is it about Longford? The Longford, their own. The League of Ireland show. So it's just what do they not have one already? Behind the stripes or between the sheds? Between the sheds. They, like I mean, do they not have one already? So they've two. So you're telling me there's two Longford podcasts slash League of Ireland podcasts? Essentially, yeah. I think we're up to fourteen now. League of Ireland shows. Is that listens? Fourteen listens that they get. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So on podcasts as well. Another big shout out to Elorive, who uh, it's getting better by the week. I have to say, I'm loving it. I'm loving their mailbag as well. Stuff like that is um, really, really happy. Or really, really good show. Like it's, it's uh, like we were talking about. It's more chatty than the usual, the usual podcast, isn't it? That's what I was saying. Yeah, it reminds me of ours in some ways. And uh, I actually forgot to mention in my little review last time that the the two of them were invited into a drawhead again. And you could hear the joy in their voices seeing their first live game of football in whatever, over a year. So that was a cool little review they did. And can you imagine the emotion we'll talk about I later? I know, yeah. I think what Friday. drew me in was when Dale said that Chelsea fans are absolutely disgusting human beings. I said, <laughs> yeah, I had me. Yeah, I had me at Chelsea. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm, I'm down for that. So, yeah, no, really looking forward to it. And... Um, yeah, so last week's show, Prof, great edition of Tifty's Hotline. It was a uh, this is this is getting really popular. Yeah, it was a, it was a long show last week. I actually don't know why, but it was. And uh, yeah, we had the hotline. And Gar, there was so many individual files sent in to me for this because for some reason people, not to pull back the curtain here, but there's not actually a hotline. People are sending in. Uh, WhatsApp voice You've messages. ruined people's fucking. Oh, I know, You've yeah. ruined it. You've ruined it, prof. For some reason, they're answering it like, "Here's answer one, two, three, four, five. Oh, and here's another now six, seven. There's a lot of bleeding files here, Gar. And I did excuses, it again. excuses, prof. Now come on. I did it again, Gar. 
I left out someone's hotline message. Go on, we're going to do, I'm guessing it was uh, the senator. Uh, Expletive ridden. A little bit, but uh, no, it was George Kelly I left out. So it's only a quick one, so here we go. Here's George. Uh, George Kelly here, photographer with the club. My preferred start at 11 at the moment would be Manus, Hort, Lopez, Joey O'Brien, Finner, Scalesy, Gary O'Neill, Watts, Borky, Danny Mandrew and Gaffney up front. My favourite strike partnership ever would have been Alan Campbell and Liam Buckley. And my favourite away day of the season would always be, without doubt, Finn Harps in Ballybuffet, Donegal. Great club, most welcome to Rovers fans and a beautiful county that I always tend to get up a few hours beforehand to get some photographs of a beautiful place. Uh, the Watch Live, I'm very lucky to actually attend the games. But the ones that I haven't got to was recently the Derry match and the Pats one. So I did look at the watch live. I thought the quality was excellent. And I would be texting Gareth Bond during the game while knocking back a lovely point of Hophouse 13. What's pissing me off at the moment generally would be the way retail workers are treated by the general public. Um, it infuriates me that people can be so rude to them. Some of the shop workers also can be a bit rude, but it, that needs to stop. Uh, a beloved hoop that I think we should uh, feature would be John O'Flaherty, also known as Sean. Lovely gentleman and a long-time hoop supporter. So, keep on hooping. Uh, f- there we go. Photography expert and firearms e- extraordinaire, supposedly. Handy with a Glock. Oh, Georgie Kelly. And, uh, yeah, great stuff from him, as usual. But uh, what about the Senator Puff? He won't be happy. Yeah, that's bad enough, Gare. He I, won't be happy. I left out the bonus Mick McCarthy question, and it was about Longford. Ah, oh, did and he gut them? Does he gut them? But actually, it's even funnier now that we won. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Here's Mick. He'd one special question for uh, the senator, Mick McCarthy, to answer, and uh, on Longford Town, summed them up in three words. One shy club, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. One shy club. Uh, nothing to do with the team at the lads that plays with them now and I'd say it again one shy club that sums Longford Town up yeah so Mick uh, I don't think Mick looks Longford <laughs> that's the impression I got there he's a top man and we'll be around Mick's neck of the woods I heard the, the Points Mafia were escorted off the grounds in Perrystown not too long ago so we're going to be down <laughs> drinking in Perrystown with them on Friday before the game hopefully we might see them for a point but uh, hooligans that gang sounds like they might have jumped the gun there Gar, on the old outdoor dining yeah I think so there was a gang yeah. removed from Perrystown anyway I'm guessing it wasn't the the, the Pines Mafia so hopefully we'll, we'll catch up with them for a drink on Friday because football is coming home prof but Paul McGrath ooh ah Kilnardin ooh ah said uh, this about the podcast he says Shamrock no problem with it whatsoever if it's a foreigner saying Irish people should know it's Rovers we all say Blackburn instead of Rovers or Birmingham instead of City I've had this conversation with Jason Maloney for not one of us uh, here would call Preston North End North End like their own fans we would say Preston also Sean Cook should be banned for three games for choosing Inchicore as a favourite away trip so controversial <laughs> uh, opinions within the ranks there and uh, no I think Paul can get out of club for that one don't call it Shamrock no I'm actually I know you agree with him I'm going Lamont Paul as well no, definitely not. Definitely not. I don't mind us when it's the Fartenders uh, <laughs> saying Shamrock. You know what I mean? The Fartenders. Nearly a bad word nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, Sean Cook talking about Inchicore. It Technically, it's away, but it's not away. You know what I mean? There's levels of awayness, isn't there? But I do love Inchicore. 
On Monday marked a year since the passing of Big Deck, so friends met up at Tal Stadium to pay tribute and leave flowers at the ground, and the big man was fondly remembered as usual. And uh, it takes you back to stories about the free breakfasts he used to get up in the Jackson Hotel, and just a legend of a man, so uh, well remembered. Of course, dangerous. Dave Dunn is home from hospital. Big congratulations. And uh, great to see him back in good health. Hopefully, we'll see him on Friday as well. So, Dave, uh, you're very welcome home from hospital. Great to, great to hear the good news. Yeah, it was great news, wasn't it? Yeah, great to hear the good news. Not a pick on him as well. Looks great. Fantastic stuff, Dave. And Ed Sol, all these fan tributes, Prof. Ed Sol has turned 40. He's getting there. He's 10 away from 50. Getting all dead. <laughs> Congratulations on your big 4-0, Ed, as well. So, uh, and since we did a last uh, we did our last show, the fantastic news came in as Shamrock Rovers' next two home games against Finn Harps and Drogheda in June have been chosen as test pilot events for the turn of spectators of sport in Ireland. So we're allowed a thousand fans in the ground, Puff, and we will be part of those. Uh, we're getting the lucky tickets. Uh, members and season ticket holders only very, very, very happy with this. 16 months like Matty O'Dowd said, it just hit home. 16 months of no rovers. Um, no, just can't say, wait. You said it out loud. We haven't been to a game. It's, 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 I can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. Block X. I'm back at the perch. Prof is going to try and make his way over. Sneak his way over. But the club decided to give access to members and season ticket holders only. So all members got a ticket for both. And depending on the number of your season ticket, you'll get either into the Harps game on the Friday or the Drogheda game on the 25th. So, uh, brilliant initiative from the club. And of course, I mean, we have a thousand fans in, pilot government scheme, and uh, what, 100 in Richmond, 200 in Richmond, 100 in the showgrounds, and I think Bowes have bumblebees in their uh, away end. They're, they're getting bump, they're, they're po- like pollination scheme now. That's that's their big thing this week. I've actually no idea what you're talking about. Is, is yeah. this on, online? This is what they've put online, yeah. They, um, Part of their whole initiative, you know, to save the world. But yeah, it's a, it's an important part. Like bees. Yeah, bees. I'll look it up. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, in terms of rowers anyway, Gar, uh, are we going to expect another spike in membership here? Because it's it's already gone up 75% from 590, last year. 590, Prof. 590. Let's hope they all stick around. That's what I'm hoping. 75%. Let's hope they all stick around. And that's not being... That's not being negative, but... You know, sometimes people might have ulterior motives when becoming a member. It just there's been a lot of posts online, hasn't there? Yeah. Just fantastic that I can finally become a member. Yeah. And well, following the club twenty years. Following the club twenty years, I used to pick up the litter and talk it. <laughs> used to paint the bathrooms. All these fucking work the turnstiles and yeah, any yeah, melt. Yeah. Used to give uh, fucking the whack jockey backs. Yeah. And like, just just yesterday, I became a member, so I'll see you Friday. <laughs> yeah, like what? You know what I mean? You don't have to explain yourself. Yeah, um, so the uh, the ticket portal opened there on Monday, and uh, so most people who got in early, they were able to like pick what sections they want, you know, yep. block X, whatever. I have mine ready to go, profits on me, file and work, I'm ready to print it off on the Thursday. Uh, face masks, mandatory, which uh, personally I'd be used to that now at this age anyway. Like I think the argument came up in our WhatsApp group, in the Tifties Bogey WhatsApp group, and we said, would you prefer full attendance with masks or partial attendance without them? Give me full attendance with masks all day. Yeah, you know 100%. I mean? I mean, maybe the singing will be uh, slightly muffled, but uh, <laughs> the players will hear, I can guarantee yeah. you that. Now, here's the thing, though. Have I got room to run if we score? Or do I just run around circles? Or do I run to the left, then run to the right, and 
This is a big one for you because you're you're a big runner. I'm a runner. When it comes to the goal <laughs> celebrations, you can't sit still. I'm a runner. So <laughs> this is all. I reckon I'll be fucked out after the first goal <laughs> if it's us. Um, yeah, so it's going to be fantastic stuff. And more good news prop as well, really positive night. It's LOI TV and it's been launched. I got me called, logged in, all very smooth, all very seamless. Happy happy enough with that. Rovers members and season ticket holders, we have complimentary access again. So very, very happy with this and hoping we don't have to use it. So we will obviously for the away games, but whole games, let's hope we're in there. Yeah, it's 79 euro, which works out at 72 cent per match. So, I mean. And you get the women's football as well. The women. I'm sure you'll actually find someone say that's too much. Which, like, when you actually break it down, one hundred percent will get people saying it's too much. One hundred euro to watch every yeah. single match. Absolutely brilliant. And we had Ryan McDyre on Facebook. Gary, he's asking the crucial questions. It's what everyone thinks. Does anyone know if this will include the FEI Cup and the United Union Cup? The United Union Cup, Gar. What? What about your? President's Cup ticket at yourself to the gap. How's he going to get in? Yeah, the oh, United Union. I'm pretty sure if you search social media, no one has put in those four words. No, I don't think so. But although, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Cup. I am looking forward to the Cup. When is that scheduled? It's the end of the year. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Last year it was cancelled. Dundalk beat Linfield, wasn't it, the year before? Uh, yeah, so Longford, Prof. We beat them. One shy club. We beat them 1-0 at Bishopsgate two weeks ago. And um, Saturday 4pm kickoff. Glorious day for football. Not exactly the best time on a Saturday for 4 o'clock. I mean, you've got people with family. Like, the people want to go out with their family. They might have different mm. plans. Like, 4 o'clock, it's not essential. And then we know all over. England, 3 o'clock is the way to do it. But I think we're a little bit different over here. And 4 o'clock on a Saturday isn't necessarily perfect. We're used to our later kickoffs, you know. And you had the Champions League on at 8 o'clock, wasn't it, as well? True, yeah, so you didn't want it to clash. Yeah, our group was very quiet, wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was deathly quiet, but... Um, I noticed you were drinking a Dundalk beer, Gar. I was. It was. Do you know what? They can make a beer, I'll give them that. They make Manislav, that's a gorgeous beer. Uh, Dundalk Bay Brewery, I think, the one I was having. It was a delish yeah. beer. No, I, I can't drink anything from Lowell. <laughs> just, just out of principle. <laughs> Dishwater. Uh, Poddle's uh, lo- Poddle yeah. or Poddle Prof Prof is Poddle Loyal Yeah the crowds are getting bigger Outside the far provinces I know it's every yeah. weekend And you'll catch me and the Prof there Sinking points of Poddle Early days on Friday And then heading up to the match We are going to have uh, The time of our lives Yeah so commentary Prof um, Gary Riley. Uh This is like a Different dimension Me and you yeah. uh, He's Carl a co-commentary yeah, co- co- A Longford fan I thought it was okay Debs. Yeah, there's no issues. Fine. No issues, no bias. I was just thinking the things that we've been denied, Gar, since since COVID, the trips we've been denied. We've been denied a trip to Paris, Milan, and an equally glamorous trip to the Midlands, Gar. So yeah. it's been our first trip to Longford in six years. Although I will say, the grub in Longford is always fantastic. Actually, no mess. Do you not. remember the pulled pork? Yeah. And the rotisserie chicken, and the, I think it was like some sort of sriracha chilli sauce on it like the the grub was unbelievable <laughs> everything you're describing with the match day experience is the food yeah that, well that's it that's all it was yeah everything else was terrible I then just, I fell I, down the stairs I just <laughs> think back to the the bus trip and the ground and stuff I actually quite quite like Longford yeah a lot of people hate it but I like the I like the the drinking in the town and then the fucking trek all the way up because it's ages mm-hmm. away it's in the middle of nowhere and we usually win so it helps yeah 
Uh, Sean Harpoff, team news. He was back from suspension and he came in with the injured Joey O'Brien. And, uh, and we had four Aarons in the Longford starting 11. Mm-hmm. And we had two more Aarons on the bench, including our, our former uh, Aaron Bolger. Six bleeding Aarons. Six bleeding Aarons. <laughs> A-A-Rons. So, yeah, we're uh, moving on to the start of the game, Prof. Ten seconds in, looping shot. Borgie nearly scored. Um, so we uh, no, this was it was an improvement this overall performance uh, from our previous shocking shy performance against Sligo. Well, I mean, ending was an improvement on yeah. Sligo. So we were really poor against them. So it was good to see us coming out. And but the, um, like what what I will say is the way we we played and we talked about this before is our little passages of play don't didn't exist in the, in this game. Yeah, I remember a lot you of diags, a lot of balls getting floated over like our little passages now there was a couple of instances but nowhere near the way we usually play where we, we play our triangles and we get in behind like it didn't it just wasn't happening I remember you saying that on the night yeah I was just thinking Jesus where where are the triangles gone yeah where's where's our style of play gone that's what I was thinking but we went with the scales prof unmarked header really should have scored this he actually could have taken it down yeah he had so much time it was one of those when when it happened you were just like oh yeah. You had time there, you know that type of thing. Um, twenty nine minutes, prop Gaffney scored super finish, but it was real. He he did it. Kind he did kind of handle it. It was one of those where he kind of put his knees together and he put his bow hands together. So it was unfortunate the way he moved his body, but it was mm. a super finish. Yeah, so that one was ruled out. Then uh, five minutes for the break, uh, Berkey whipped one across that greener. Just couldn't get it, and uh, that was really it for the first half. That chances. was one from the left hand side that Gaffney kind of. I was left reeling. I was just thinking, ah, just throw yourself at it. Like the two strikers kind of didn't really go for it, and I was whipped in from the left. The two of them literally just throw yourselves at it. Anything could happen, and it didn't. It was one of those where you're just like, ah, lads, come on. Well, that was the first half done. Scorching heat, water breaks in, get them into you. And then uh, we had uh, the second half coming in, Prof. No changes at half time. Move on to the 56 minute. It was a good save by Lee Stacey from Bork's free kick colour. And while it was a kind of a just an everyday save, wasn't it? You know, it was it was Adam. So he was already we knew where the ball was going. Hmm. It was on the right hand side, left foot. It wasn't gonna go into the top right hand corner, it's going bottom left. So Stacey kinda knew where it was going, but he had to he did well to get down to it. And Gar that was our first shot on target. In over two and a half hours of football, right wow. there in that moment. Seriously, Jesus. Because we didn't have it against Sligo, and it was our first shot of that game. And I don't know how many minutes we didn't have one in Dundalk. That's a lot. The last chance I can remember against Dundalk was was the green header, which went wide. Fucking hell! Didn't think it was that long. Um, Leon Poles as well, once again screaming, absolutely screaming, in the terraces. I actually burst out laughing when I heard him. <laughs> it's like it's the things he usually shows like at the ref. It's like it's like come on, how many times? Yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to give the ref abuse. It's just part and parcel though. But him and Gary O'Neill, prof, you'll be talking to them about that as well. You'll hear it later on. Yep. It, you'd never think listening to him, he was a shower. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Sixty-four minute, prof. Best chance of the game. Bork on his left foot from inside the box, drilled it. To the wrong side of the post. And this is where Bork does his best business. Picking it up. You could say 20-25 yards out. Beating the player and having a shot off. That is where Graham Bork is most. 
dangerous. Well, this was the first of three chances for him, which I think he would have scored one of these had he been 100% uh, fit, because then 78 minute, he had a half chance, but he kind of had no power on the shot. Then a few minutes later, he was bearing down on goal, and then he took it down with his chest, but then he got blocked by the defender or goalkeeper, mm. I don't know which, but uh, that was that was not a very good chance. Sometimes he does the wrong thing as well, though. I think like he'll, he'll do too much, and he'll still retain the ball, but I think a couple of passages before that, he could have just took the shot and it would have scored, you know what I mean? Mm. He's trying to be too cute at times. But, uh, yeah, other than, like... It was one of those games where we just kind of huffed and puffed, created a couple of half chances, and then I mean, as a as we as the game went on, I just thought to myself, we actually don't really look like scoring here. So eighty nine minutes, prof. Mandrew in on goal, good play, but O'Driscoll intercepted and put it out for a corner. And the five minutes added on, I thought to myself, I was like, okay, well they were kind of delaying time themselves. Um, I didn't think it was five. Don't know about that. What do you think? Well, like you said, there was a lot of Langford time wasting, like from pretty early on in the second half, even. So it added up. Uh, in terms of injuries, I don't think, I can't think of one. But uh, there was a lot of time wasting. So I don't think Langford can have any complaints. Yeah. And I heard, I heard that one of their podcasters wondering where it came from. And uh, there's been a lot of shy talk about 95th, 96th minute ago. We'll talk about that in a minute. But. Well, uh, it's hooked, still hooked to our veins. <laughs> yeah. The commentator is um, from like the 89, 90 minute on, they kept talking about it was scoring late goals. They talked about it so much, I just thought, ah, we're not getting it. No. And even like I'd resigned myself to it. It was like 90 yeah. minutes, I was like, we're not getting near this. There will be one chance, I was saying. Well, I, I really didn't think we'd do it. And uh, do, you know, do you know what's great as well? Um, people in work, right? A couple of uh, certain draw the players. And other fans from League of Ireland clubs absolutely hate the Bradley time saying. And it's brilliant. <laughs> Didn't Stephen Elkin actually say it on Bradley, Yeah, he did. He said it. It's brilliant. Bradley time. That's what happens every time on the shift. It's coming towards the end of it. It's like, Bradley time, lads. <laughs> Come on, pull your socks up. So, uh, so yeah, great stuff. Five minutes added on and uh, some great play. Initially, it was good play leading up to it. And Give us your best Dennis Donahue commentary here. Oh, right. hold on! Who got the who got the header? Who got the header? That Lee? It was actually a very good save. Lee Grace, yeah. So it was Lee Grace, right? So we got uh, right. Hold on, let me get, let me get this straight. So we got we got Mandrew. He whips it in. I'll do, I'll do the commentary in a minute. He do whips it in. We got Lee Grace in the header. Save Stacey. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right here we go. We got Mandrew. Mandrew whips it in. Just pace on it. It's Lee Grace. Oh, Stacey! Stacey, show it! So, uh, like super finish. I'm applauding that. Super finish on his right foot, coming yeah. at him at pace. Very, bodies everywhere. Very composed. War battlefield of yes. bodies. Uh, brilliant. Really, really was. It's mad because... Pace on it as well. Because you think the Grace header is in. So you're kind of celebrating. And you're not, you're like, hang on, is that still out? And yeah, then by yeah. the time you're, you've got your head around, the Gaffney's already slamming you're, you're making noises. You're like, yeah. oh, God! There's actually no words, yeah. it's just noises and uh, super save. Great save by Stacey initially, like, and it was one of those yeah. where he just threw himself at it and it hit him. The ginger Pele was in the right place at the right time. The ginger there. Pele, the ginger Messi, or what, what were we calling them? Oh, here's the thing the song came up with a song, 
I don't even know if I should say it. I think I should be let it be sporadic. I'm gonna I'm gonna unveil it in the pub on Friday. Yeah. I have a song for Gaffney. And it's eighties. It's eighties style. Ooh. Yeah, he's uh, a, a top goal scorer now, five goals. Six. It was it was <laughs> it was making me laugh in the chat. Quite a few people missed a goal. I think it was Gary Brennan said he was halfway up the stairs. Someone else said he left at the ninety third minute when because actually in the ninetieth minute Longford got two corners. That's what I thought. I, that, that's what yeah. I missed. I was thinking to myself, these are going to nick this. That's why I didn't think. At one stage, I think the ball went into the corner and Longford had it and I was like, fuck yeah. this. Like, it's not happening. Yeah, I mean, like, the board went up for five minutes added, added on, but two and a half of them were gone. Yeah. Like, Longford had the ball for for all of that. But, uh, no, we got it, Gary. Good yeah. enough. And, um, the, yeah, great day for the Duns all around again. Jeez, we're always talking about the Duns on this one. Aaron win the golden goal, so a nice 200 quid pot. And of course, he got two packs of snooze from More. the official snooze supplier, Scruff Snooze. More importantly. More importantly, he got a snooze. Be careful with it now, Aaron. Like I said, packs a punch, a couple of points in you. And that was good enough for the calling into the puddle. That was good enough for the Koshi Balls, Gar. The Hillbillies of the League. The Hillbillies of the League, yeah. Or a uh, long fart, as, as Mick calls them. <laughs> Long, long oh, for fart. fuck's sake it's the same as Pigsborough isn't it <laughs> or a hundock long fart is he, is he saying that on purpose or is that just the way he speaks no that's Mick he's saying that on purpose long fart but overall performance um, I don't know I, don't, I think overall on the level of play we probably deserved a score we did have all the chances they, they didn't really have a chance to kind of talk about did he they're, they're going to struggle I mean, there's okay. You can be organised and you can be well disciplined and things like that. But I, I don't think they're they're not going to score goals. They're going to struggle. I thought they were for decent, but uh, no, they didn't seem to carry much in the in the attacking part of the pitch. Who said that Longford were the better team? Was that was that is this Kieran again? In the, yeah, I was definitely one of the uh, podcasters that they. I have. mean, that's. Stretched like I mean we we we, have, we weren't great but I mean it's ridiculous. No better team definitely definitely not. 100%. Uh, oh do you know who said it? It was Darren Doyle I think it was a gaffer. Said they were no by no stretch of imagination I think we're Rovers a better team, and we can't leave here saying that we didn't deserve something you know that type of thing. Mm. Yeah so Madrayo has been deep the last couple of games isn't he Gar? Um, presumably because of the injuries like I I doubt Bradder intends to keep him there. Because he does his, he does his damage higher up the pitch, and he has seen by that perfect cross, brilliant cross, beautiful, perfect, yeah. perfect weight, perfect everything, absolutely. The single greatest, most accurate pass delivered in any football match played around Europe on that Saturday evening. <laughs> well, there you go. That's that's saying a lot. Of the whole six games or something that was on, was it? Well, there was some final on, but we won't get into that. Yeah, I'm struggling with the lack of football at the minute. I can't wait for the Euros. Um. Do you find yourself sitting down on a Saturday and you're looking at fucking Israel versus Bulgaria trying to pass the time? But yeah, so two late winners against Longford Prof. Absolutely beautiful. The latest of the late. Bradley time, Rovers time, everything. The new moan in the league. And if we took away our added time goals, we'd be mid-table. If I didn't have a Mickey, I'd be a woman. (laughs) (laughs) If you take away goals that won us games, we wouldn't have won games. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's fucking mad logic isn't it okay in fairness there is a lot of, there, when you talk about performances you can talk about that like that we did scrape a couple. Oh, they're scraped like those wins are scraped still won 
performances are different. Like points haul is different to performances. You know what I mean? You can, they're two different, mm. two different animals. So great start though that we we've accumulated ten points from the last two minutes of matches this season. Oh, brilliant. And um, then we slowly go away to Pat's in a week's time, Prof. So uh, we're in Waterford. So that's definitely going to be a bit of a a, a, a tide changer. Yeah, not not that Waterford's a gimme or anything, but potentially a big week there, like a chance to leapfrog the old bitters again. And like they've been chasing all season, so let's see how they do now when they have to lead. Could be a different story, you know. Yeah, that's well, that's the thing as well. It's it's going to be interesting. I I can't wait for it. I can't wait for this battle to lock horns with. Sligo who are supposedly fucking superior so according to Alcali anyway what do you think about all this moan about the time of the goal like the ball hit the net bang on 95 minutes didn't it <coughs> or was okay. it was it 95 or 3 or something yeah but I think 95 or 5 maybe but either way it's relevant 1-2-1 or 1-0 1-1-0 and I love how um, I, and I, the piss is boiling up <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth boiling that piss I don't be on these banter pages or anything, but uh, apparently every time someone gives out about Bradley time or or any of this stuff, someone just posts a picture of the boiling piss flag. Just just leaves it there. Just That's put, it, yeah. Flag. And I was even when we scored, I says to her, "Honey, stick the kettle on. I'm gonna have a cup of boiling piss." <laughs> Pissing into the kettle. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So uh, right next up, the two boys. Two top lads, Gary O'Neill and Leon, do Europe. Okay, we have Leon Pauls and Gary O'Neill here to look ahead to next Tuesday's Champions League draw. So it's Gary and Leon do Europe. So welcome, guys. Thanks, Scott. Hey there. Uh, first of all, just generally, did you watch the Champions League final a couple of weeks ago? Uh, any thoughts on that, Leon? Oh, yeah, I did, actually. Um, I was by myself, but it was, was still quite an intense game. Like... Um, enjoyed it quite quite a lot to be honest um and yeah just happy for Chelsea to win the Champions League Gary who did you want to win or did you care uh I'm I'm very Pep Guardiola to be honest so I was hoping City would win it I wanted City to win everything this year because I uh, I love the way Pep plays football and everything like that Um so I was hoping that City would win it and we were actually on the way back from Longford so I actually only got in with about 20 minutes gone so um, I got in to watch it and I was good, to be honest. I was hoping Chelsea would win it, but, or City would win it, but it wasn't to be. There you go. Uh, Leon, did you enjoy the mid-season break? And uh, what did you get up to? Ah, yeah, definitely. Um, I went down to Galway uh, for three, four days with uh, Liam and his cousins. Uh, enjoyed a bit of sun down there and spent the rest of the week then up here in Dublin. I hope there was no off-the-field injuries now, was there? We can't afford any more of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! I took care of that. <laughs> I took care. Of that. <laughs> Gary, did you head back to carry yourself? I didn't actually. No, I stayed up. Um, I hadn't seen my friends and everything. Obviously, with this lockdown and all for a while, and um, so I stayed in Dublin on the Saturday after the Longford match, and I met up with my friends then on Sunday and Monday, and I went down to. I went up to Belfast. Sorry, then on the Wednesday until the Saturday, with my girlfriend and just had a a, a few. Uh, a little break up there and um, came back down Saturday night. Obviously, we were back in this morning, so it was a, it was a nice break, to be honest. I think it was one that we needed with the, the pleated squad that we have, so it was, a, it was a welcome break. So just on these European draws, have you guys ever watched them together uh, as a group the last couple of years, or are you kind of on your own, on your phones, and then the WhatsApp group has happened when their names come out of the hat? Yeah, that's what it was last year in particular anyway. 
I wasn't here. I was just signed the year before, so I, Leon could maybe tell you any different if they watched it all together. Obviously, the lads in the house might watch it all together, but um, I wasn't here the year before. But last year, especially with the AC Milan one, it was all you know when the when the names came out, it was on WhatsApp. So uh, I don't think. Obviously, I was play. I was fortunate enough to play in Europe with UCD as well, and that was all through WhatsApp as well. So um, there was no big gatherings for that at all. No. And Carl, last year we had the uh, the marathon penalty shootout against Ilves, 26 penalties. Uh, Leon, I was up in the stands with you that night. Uh, just how intense was that, watching on? Uh, that was probably one of the most intense uh, shootouts I've, I've seen. Um, definitely, yeah. Um, I still can't believe we actually won that. Um, I'll make the save there to let us win the game. And yeah, it was just a great experience. Um and then obviously facing AC Milan afterwards. Um, yeah, great stuff. Gary Uskar won the penalties that night. Of course, we had the fans up on the wall to uh, spur us on. So does that kind of nice stick in the memory? Yeah, they all, I think European nights in general, obviously uh, without the fans, is makes it that bit harder, obviously. Um, doesn't have that kind of spark. But European nights are always special anyway, regardless of, of who you're with, you know, they're... Few and far between at times, so you have to enjoy them uh, as best you can because obviously it's it can be gone very quickly and it's it's not an easy thing to qualify for. Obviously, um, yeah, obviously I took one that night and I was <laughs> sweating that it was coming back round to me again because it was actually either me or Joey to take that one that Joey scored. So I'd imagine I was going to be up next. Um, so yeah, it was a special one. It was a good one, and it's uh, when you watch the United and Villarreal pen the shootout recently enough, you kind of realise what we were in that night without actually realising. It was, a, it was a mad one. And then AC Milan, the next round. On one hand, was a, a shame that we didn't get a more favourable draw. You saw Dundalk obviously going all the way to the group stage. But on the other hand, was it a massive learning curve to kind of square off against that sort of high quality opposition? And we can sort of take something from that. I personally speaking from playing the game, I genuinely thought I would... If I had the choice right now, I, I'd rather have got someone that we could have progressed against more realistically. Because uh, I think, like, obviously, with the rounds, I mean, that you see the way Dundalk had their, their draw and everything, and then you end up playing the likes of Rapid Vienna and Arsenal in group stages. So, personally speaking, I would have loved to have got a draw, which would have been a lot more f- in our favour, to then maybe, you know, have the ambition to go and play in these teams in group stages. Because as great as the as as it was to play against them and it's a unique thing to, to have in your career but I don't think it was ever going to be one that we were going to be you know <laughs> writing home about it it was a it was a tough one from the get-go Would you go along with that Liam would you rather sort of winnable ties rather than the big glamour ties which we no one's really going to expect us to get through at likes of AC Milan uh, I probably have to stick to what Gary just said there as well like um, we're all hoping first place not to face Milan and when it just dropped and like we all just realized it's going to be AC Milan like we obviously took on the challenge but um it was it was a very tough one and but well, I think we still did very well um we only lost uh, 2-0 so yeah it was still a great experience I'm, mm-hmm. I still talk about that night nowadays so it's a great experience to have yeah and of course, we got the great news in the last uh, couple of weeks that we're going to have a thousand supporters in for the next two home games, Finn Harps and Drogheda. Uh, Gary, how much are you looking forward to playing in front of a crowd in Tata Stadium again? Because it's been so long. 
Yeah, I can't wait. Genuinely, Carl, I was only talking about it today with Chris McCann. We were talking about it just when we were warming up and training, and we were saying, like, it's nearly become natural now to have no fans there. So this coming Friday night, it's going to be unnatural to actually have spectators and have our fans in the stadium, which is you know, surreal to be even thinking about. And we can't wait for it. Yeah, it's been a... Obviously, we've done so much in between when you talk about the AC Milan games, the Ilves games, we've won a league, we've lost the cup final. And, you know, there'll be no fans there to to see any of it so it'll be great and hopefully the next few weeks go well with these trial events and, and we can have you know looking forward to getting three, four, five thousand back into the stadium and with the singing and chanting from the stands that sort of energy will that make a nice change from the eerie silence where all you can hear is Leon's roaring and giving out <laughs> from the sidelines because <laughs> yeah. just how loud is this fella I'm sure you can hear I, him on the pitch I know, I know. It's, a well, it's a well known <laughs> thing when you're on the bench not the same side Leon yeah we're looking forward to obviously having the, the real stuff back in the stands and stuff like that and uh, I'm sure if you're watching on your watch LOI and stuff the only two people you can hear is, is Leon and Joey so it's going to make a change to be <laughs> here you know a thousand fans in the in the stands on, uh, on Friday night yeah Leon on the podcast every couple of weeks I, I sort of nominate someone who's the most vocal person on the ground and to be honest it's, it's nearly always you <laughs> I didn't expect that to be honest. No. Um, well, obviously, I just I just can't um, keep quiet on the side. Um, it's like I'm playing the game. It's just I don't know. I want the I want the guys to win, um, and I think that's the best I can do off uh, not on the pitch. So I don't know. It's just natural for me. I can't I can't really control it once the whistle blows. Like 90 minutes of play, I I'm just on and on talking and <laughs> shouting and organizing whatever I can do. It's just me. And Leon, think back to one of those, one of the great nights in Tad as a 2-1 win over Bran in the Europa League in 2019. Mm. It was unbelievable atmosphere. And that's the sort of night where it really shows the difference the home Park can make, where that really got us over the line that night. 100%. Um, I remember that night actually quite well. Um, when we scored, I think it was uh, Pico's header on the near, near post. Um, like just the crowd, I don't know, affected us so much that night. And I think like if we would have played that game without fans, it could have definitely ended differently. Like um I can't wait, honestly, I can't wait to have the fans back now. I'm looking very much forward to the next two, three, four games. And as Gary said, like looking forward to get even more back into the stadium from now on. That would have been a special one for you, Gary, as well, wasn't it? You were on the score sheet that night. <clears throat> In fact, it was on your second ever appearance for the club, so that was a good one for you. Yeah, it was unbelievable. No, I couldn't have brought it any better. Any better, to be honest. I obviously just signed, and uh, my first game would have been travelling out to Bran, I believe, uh, and I didn't come on. I was an new sub with that one, and then I played against UCD and came on against Brand in, in the midweek after. And obviously, it was my second appearance, and it was a uh, <laughs> not not one I look back on with fond memories of the celebration because I nearly done my kneecap. Uh, trying to <laughs> uh, obviously you know I had the, the pitch invasions everything like that and coming from UCD and from academy football in England I never had anything like that so it was a, a special one for me and my family were all there as well and it was that uh, one that we all look back on with really fond memories Yeah you've played several Europa League games in your career but next month is going to be your Champions League debut so when the Champions League music plays over the PA will that give you a little tingle? Yeah, actually, it did actually something I never even thought about I they obviously will play it, will they, for the qualifying rounds? I imagine so, they will, yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be unbelievable. I actually didn't even think of that. It's um, is there a Europa League team? Is there a song for that Europa League? There is, is a actually... team. Yeah, it's it's kind of up to us in the PA to sort of play it if we want. I think. Is it? Did we play it against Milazzo? Because I genuinely would not be able to tell you right now. If I yeah, I actually don't it. remember myself, but I've heard it played before, yeah. Yeah, no, the Champions League one's obviously such a, a unique one. It'll be that'll be a special one, actually. I never even thought of that. As for our good friend Alan Manis, he uh, recently turned 39. Uh, actually, checked he was playing in the Champions League as far back as 17 years ago for Linfield, if you can believe that. Uh, Leon, you train with Alan every day. I imagine he, he's someone you look up to. Very much, yeah. Um, I've grown much on him um, and learned a lot from him as well, to be honest. Um, it's a great character to have around, always keeps the standards high. And um, yeah, I just love working with, with him and uh, Jose. And yeah, I couldn't have had a better tutor in my first two, three years here now um, with them two being always around and you know, getting them young lads in, into training sessions once in a while as well. Um, very glad I have him around, to be honest. Um, great person to be honest, yeah. Well, when it comes to pronouncing the names of European football clubs, Leon, you're always my number one because you've done this before <laughs> with uh, Dan Carr, I think it was, a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, true. That was my first year, yeah. So, yeah, that's where you're here today. We like to have one of the more cultured players on to help us out with these uh, pronunciations. That's no knock on County Kerry, you know, Gary. I'm just trying to say, yeah. That's what Tralee is a country. I'm just saying, like, Tralee, it's a far cry from <laughs> continental in Europe, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, nah, you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. So, we're unseated this year, so potentially some daunting task in here, unfortunately. Uh, do you have that list I sent you earlier in front of you? I do, indeed. Yeah, I'm going to get Gary to go first. So when you're ready there, Gary, over to you. What am I doing? Just pronouncing one team? Say the team and where they're from. Just Dinamo Zagreb from Croatia. Dinamo Zagreb. We had the most successful club in Croatia. Uh, they've won 14 of the last 15 league titles. And of course, they knocked Spurs out last year yeah. in the Europa League. So, uh, uh, Leon, give us the next one. Uh, that's a tough one, to be honest. Um, Ludogorets Ratskrat, I would say it's... It's from Bulgaria. Um, tough pronunciation. Uh, I think you nailed it. I, I couldn't be sure, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. one of the last sounded ten, great. Yeah. One of the last ten <laughs> leagues in Bulgaria, so total dominance there. Uh, Europa League group stages in the last four years got out of it twice. So, uh, more importantly, their mascot is a female eagle called Fortuna, an actual yeah, eagle. So a bit of useless information there. Uh, Gary, <laughs> over to you. Uh, Malmo from Sweden. Yeah, knockout stages of the Europa League in 2019 and 2020. Bit of a friendship we have with Malmo, actually. We played a friendly with them in 2011 and 2012. They came over to Tata. So, yeah, a bit of a friendship there. Uh, next one, Leon. Uh, CFR Cluj um, from Romania. It's quite a well-known club, I guess. Yeah, Europa League group stages last two years. Beat Lazio and Celtic. Couple of years ago. Uh, next one, Gary. Legia Warsaw from Poland. Yeah, dominant force in Polish football. Uh, four years though since they've been to a group stage, so they haven't been doing too well there. But uh, they'd be still very tough, though, wouldn't they, Leon? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a well-known club even in Germany. Like we we've heard about them. Um, yeah, not looking forward to play them. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gary might have seen Dundalk played him at the Aviva 
in a Champions League playoff a few years back. Just out yeah. of curiosity, Gary, when you watch other League of Ireland clubs in Europe, do you kind of want them to do well for the sake of the league? Or at the end of the day, are they still our rivals? And you're just thinking, no, I just want them to be rovers. Yeah, there's a bit of it. To be honest, at that time when Dundalk were playing in Europe, when they played Warsaw that time, Robbie Benson would be a good friend of mine, like a very good friend of mine. And he obviously scored that goal in Warsaw, that volley, obviously. Um, so around that time, especially when I was at UCD, I would have wanted them to do really well. Because obviously at UCD, you're a neutral, and I would have never saw Dundalk as rivals or anyone else as rivals, to be honest. But now, you know, even watching Dundalk in, in Europe last year, and it's, you know, don't mean to be you know, negative or anything like that, but you'd obviously just want it to be, to be Rovers, and we'd obviously felt that we were the more dominant side last year, so... I personally didn't want to see them do well. And I think when we're going through the early qualifying rounds as well, I think that you want to be the only Irish club to to be successful and want to be the only one to be seen to be going through rounds. So that's my take on it personally. I'd, I'd like if it was just us to be doing well. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, give us the next one there, Leon. Uh, Sheriff Tiraspol from Moldova. Yeah, we can ask Sean Gannon and Sean Hoare about this crowd because uh, we be- they beat them on penalties in Moldova last year so they can be our scouts if we if we yeah. draw them as well <laughs> uh, Gary you have the next one yeah well, it gets sticky here now doesn't it that's a tough one yeah <laughs> Marenk Varos from Hungary yeah green and white uh, founded in 1999 so a bit of a Rovers link there and uh, our man Danny Mandroyo he's actually out in Hungary as we speak so hopefully he gets a cap Tomorrow, is as you as you record, is that the same side that both played against? Like, no, yeah, that was that was a different team actually. Is it not? Let's recognise the name there as I was reading. It. Yeah, I actually t- made the same mistake myself. Right. I had to double check it, but uh, uh, Leon, you have the next one. Skandia uh, Tetovo from North Macedonia. Yeah, uh, the Macedonians never made it to a European group stage. Spurs knocked them out in the Europa League qualifiers last year. Uh, let's have the next one, Gary. This would be a familiar one to me. You played against them at UCD, Slovan Bratislava from Slovakia. Yeah, former Cup winners, Cup winners. Uh, knocked them dark out of Europe a couple of years back. And Gary, as you said, yourself and Dylan Watts played against them in 2015 with UCD. So what, what was Slovakia like? Actually, it was a really nice place, Bratislava. Really nice. It was... Um, we obviously went over, it was like a school trip, to be honest with you, our average age of the team was so young and everything, and we went over as complete underdogs, and we started again really well, and they got a man sent off quite early for a terrible tackle on Benson, and uh, we were good, and I think uh, they scored late, and then the second night they destroyed us, we were just so naive and so young, and they, uh, they battered us, but no, it was a nice place, it was actually a really, really good stadium, I'm not too sure if they still play there, I think they might have got a new stadium. I think they were shit ground sharing at the time. But um, that's nice, yeah, bro. So I liked it. Yeah, it was quite the fairy tale, wasn't it? That, that European run. There's even a book written about it. I have it behind me there somewhere. I you know, I have, I have it here in my room. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leon, you've got the next one. Uh, Dinamo Tbilisi from Georgia. Yeah, I think we might fancy your chances against the Jordans uh, only ever made to one group stage in their entire existence that was 2005 
And the fact that they were hammered 6-1 by the Pharaohs team that Dundalk ended up beating handy enough last year. So based on that, the signs will be good. Uh, Gary, let's have the next one. Zalgaris Vilnius from Lithuania. Yeah, they've never made, never made it to a group stage either. Although Robbers do have very bad memories of Lithuania. Uh, we got knocked out by a team called Akranis in 2012, which we won't get into. It was a bad time. <laughs> uh, Leon? Uh, Alashkert FC from Armenia. Yeah, these are a fairly new club. They're only refounded 10 years ago. And I found a little link with Al Manis, actually. They knocked out St. Johnston in 2015. That was that was a massive shock when uh, Big Al was goalkeeper with St. Johnston. Mm. Uh, Gary, you have the next one? This one sounds familiar. I don't know where from, but Flora Tallinn from Estonia. Yeah, Rowers fans know this club well because we, we beat them in the Champions League qualifiers back in 2011. Oh, that's probably what I thought. We won 1-0 in aggregate. So, would you fancy Estonia, Leon? Oh, yeah, 100%. percent <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, another link, another link to Alan here, actually. Is the last game it was first spelled with Rovers was with us in the summer of 2011. So, it was the last game for us then. Kept a clean sheet against Tadden in Estonia. And then a man named Ryan Thompson, who had been Al's understudy all season, came in and performed heroics against Copenhagen. And Parisian Belgrade and carried on for the rest of the season. So there you go, Leon. Ending happened. <laughs> um, next one. Yep. <laughs> Moving along quickly. So, <laughs> sorry. Um, next one is Buruknost Podgorica from Montenegro. Yeah, never that been sounds familiar to me as well. I'm sorry. That sounds very familiar. That place. I think I've. Driven through it or something, but no, no <laughs> yeah. idea about the football club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no notable scalps or wins there for that club. So, not much to say about them. Uh, Gary, Kairat Almaty in Kazakhstan. I'm guessing Borat is the extent of your knowledge here with uh, Kazakhstan. I actually played in an under 16 European Championship qualifiers in Kazakhstan. Our group stages was on out there. Well, yeah, that was so what that six years ago now. Or might it's either under 15s or 60s. I'm pretty sure it was 16s though. John Warning's team. We went out to Kazakhstan and it was actually like now my my remembrance of it is so slim. Like, but the stadiums and all were, were always very good. I'm not too sure if that's one of the teams, but yeah, it's been out there before. Yeah, wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> um, and I'll take the last one. Because it's very, very hard to pronounce. Uh, Lincoln Red Imps. <laughs> How was that? That was very good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we thought our 33 league, league game unbeaten run was great, but actually they once went 88 games unbeaten over five years. They only got 16 in the league. I think there's yeah, very few teams in the league, but you're, they all count. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah of course, they famously beat Celtic in the first leg in 2016, caught them cold, hammered 5-0 by Rangers last year. So, fair to say, we'd be happy enough with that draw, Gibraltar. I think that's the one you'd be looking for, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, on that note, if you could pick one team who you'd love to play and one team which you'd be looking to avoid, 
what was it what would you say i i think going off just what i know i'd be looking at lincoln redims i think oh, i might be wrong with that one they're the lowest ranked team there so yeah yeah and then you'd obviously be looking at avoiding zagreb and Cluj. i think as the two what do you say Leon? as boring as as it might sound but i totally agree with what Kerry just said there like that would have been my uh, pick as well yeah so that's our preview are you looking forward to the draw now on uh, tuesday yeah i didn't realize it was on tuesday to be honest um until leon told me today i didn't realize it was it was so close um, but it's always something that I actually enjoy watching myself, even just whatever I'm doing, just enjoy watching the draw. And then the first things first is going to Wikipedia and looking at the players of who you're playing against. And <laughs> obviously this year, I know being in the Champions League, you might have a bit more knowledge of, of who we'll be against. But it's, I think it's always a good time of year. Yeah, it's games that come in ticking fast now with European games and league games. Like that, so I can't wait for it now, yeah. When you get fans booking hotels and flights, even if they don't even know if they can go or not. <laughs> right that's it so thanks for helping me go through the draw today lads oh, boy, Kat, uh, thanks for to look forward to next You're week welcome. thanks Scott. thanks guys see thanks you thanks very much Bye-bye. see you then so some uh, tough pronunciation there they did well they did well the old Kerry dialect doesn't travel well does it no but Leon uh, saved the whole thing there he's, some, he's quite the continental individual pronunciations there yeah he, he claims he was well behaved uh, over the break but what the listeners couldn't see there was Leon had a bandage wrapped around his head he was out on South Williams Street the weekend out here. bleeding scrapping four to six weeks doctors say born in bins and tipping over part <laughs> Um yeah no some, some great stuff from the two lads so other results prof we harps losing at home to Sligo uh, not a derby by the way draw to losing at home to Derry with some dodgy goalkeeping if you had a seen that yeah, Will Patching looking very good. Jeez, the goalie. I don't know why he was at now. And uh, my last man standing, Gamble paid off there again. Extremely, extremely shrewd one by the Uda Prof. I must, I must say. I think I went balls. Um, Most people went balls. Yeah, yeah. three 0 home to Waterford. But yeah, no, that was extremely brave. There you away to draw the draw that on the smelling their own shite. That's what I was saying. It's because everyone was praising them all week. I just thought these are just going to get done at home now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they did as well. So. Um, Pat's losing at home to Dundalk as well, so it's all up in the air. It's great. That was uh, David McMillan's 100 league goal. And um, has Magilda been confirmed rest of the season? Yeah, was, was officially that just... done today, yeah, today. Yeah. As of today, yeah, he's for the rest of the season. And he's all happy now as well. And he's talking to the press and he's a nice guy now. Uh, off his head. Like, like, like someone said a few weeks ago, his interviews, he, he talks like he thinks the league is beneath him. Yeah, that's the that's the vibe he kind of gave off, wasn't it? But now he's he's fucking in there, isn't he? He's he's in there the rest of the season. Must have got thrown a pretty penny. I think he just must have got a taste for him. Like. Surely they should have went for Clancy. Clancy is impressing a draw today. He's done his business now. I think he's got two years under his belt, managing. Oh, you take a chance on him, like. I mean, he's he's. I've heard rave reviews all over the league from. Yeah, Go for him. Give him a chance. Care why would Bill appoint him? Yeah, true, true. Imagine they came to Bill and said, we want to hire Tim Clancy from Meath. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, who? Former Rovers fan, yeah, get yeah. him in. But Danny Mandroyu, prof, he was on the bench for Ireland against Andorra and he was the only player to miss out in the squad in Hungary. Gavin Bazunu played both games, keeping his first clean sheet in Budapest and, my God, the saves he was pulling off here. 
Absolutely insane. Yeah, you just shot me there a minute ago. Whoa. Outrageous save. This Ryan, is such Ryan, a Bazunu save, wasn't it? Ryan Thompson-esque. And a big, very, very proud uh, Mr. Bazunu Sr. We po- I was having a chat with him and work. He's a big, big, proud man. He was very, very happy to his son. So great and to see. Gav said in an interview the other day, he said that he joined Manchester City to beat the number one goalkeeper. Now imagine that. Now that's something else from a fucking kid, yeah. isn't it? But he also, having said that, he said he loved his loan spell at Rochdale and he's open to going anywhere that will aid his progression as a footballer. Big man, Gav. Good stuff. Uh, Beardless Pico, prof. Don't like Beardless Pico. No, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. I'm not, I'm not a fan of this, these haircuts and beard shaving on the sly. No. no. Make could, a big deal out of it. No? Do like, something. Yeah, he came for it. Like, that was, that's a thing. Shaving his beard is a thing. And obviously it didn't have any... Uh, Adverse effects. I mean, they they beat Brazil under twenty three years, but Jesus Christ, it doesn't look the same, does he? No, no fro, no, no beard. Oh, I don't know. I, I actually spent ten seconds. I might drop him now. I thought that. Like, <laughs> there was a video of them on the bus after uh, the Cape Verde squad singing after their win, and I spent about ten seconds looking for Pico. I was like, is he in the back? Yeah, yeah, he's right in front. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another good month for Danny Mandroyu. He won the club's player of the month award for May. Very, very happy. Uh, did you vote for him? I, did I vote for him? I think I voted for Gaffney. I'm not too sure. But uh, he won that anyway. So it's been a great month for Danny and he's progressed. I think I think um, I should have voted for Gaffney because this was a dead heat. 36% between Danny and Gaffney last I checked. So I demand a recount. Either way, yeah. It could have been anyone. Uh, Owen Doyle, Prof. He has once again said he wants to come and play for us. Uh, Jesus, talk about getting a bit desperate at this stage. You're looking for a payday when he comes home. That's what it is. He knows. He knows Bolton. They're going to pay him for two years. He's going to come home here. Will we take on a 35, 36-year-old Owen Doyle? That's the question. Depends, isn't it? That's just it. Yeah. That's just it. Unless we can get him for free in the summer. I just I don't think this is going to happen at all. Because we can't afford a fee to pay Bolton. If he comes home at 35, it's going to be too late. Have you you've listened to Under the Cosh? Yeah. He can work his way out of that club. All these players know the fucking schemes and the scams to get out of the contract and get paid up. Work on a doiler. That's what we're saying. This is unusual though, isn't it? I mean, how many come and get me's has he has he done now? I know, yeah, but what's he what like obviously there's there's dark arts involved in transfers. There's ways and means of getting him to our club before his contract's over without paying the money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he could approach them and say, I wanna go home. But I want me contract, and they'll say, "Okay, well, here's a year. We'll pay it a year." And he could probably go, "Okay, that's he, a year's wages for nothing. I'll take that." He does. Ha- he does run his own business in Dublin, doesn't he? With yeah. his missus, childcare. So. Yeah. So you don't know. We'll see what happens. Gladly welcome him with open arms, as it is anyway. But Danny Karaprov, he is in India. His fellas, fucking like Rohan Ricketts at this stage, isn't he? Basically, yeah. I mean, he was terrible for for Rops. Uh, that's that's the report. He got the boot, didn't he? That's the report from Paul O'Connell, who uh, he lives over in Finland. He actually got sacked. Uh, having said that, he is in the Trinidad and Tobago squad. Yeah, true, true. I think I'd have a chance now. We started playing again. <laughs> I think he has five caps since uh, he left us. Even though he's been hasn't done anything at any of these clubs he's been at since. But so moving on from Danny Karpov we have the famous Glenmore Rovers kick off Walkerstown Park on Saturday 2.30 against the Latin Dubs so all support greatly appreciated get there for 2 o'clock 
and Poirot encouraged the Latin dubs. Hopefully this isn't a team full of Argentinians and Brazilians and Brazilians and they absolutely hockey them over. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm hoping it's not the case. Yeah. But get down and support them. Walkstown Park have to. Glenmore Rovers, the debut of Tommy Kelly as the gaffer. Interesting stuff. We've got Ricky the Buff Keegan up front. We've got Connor Foley on the wing. We've who else? We've Chester Beatty. We've we've all sorts playing. No, Connor Foley, unused sub. <laughs> Ah, that's a bit harsh on poor Barry now. Somebody, everybody needs water as well. We have a water boy as well. <laughs> this is the day after the robbers game as well. So can I say that this is the worst time in ever? <laughs> by the way, you're gonna have about four players turning up, and the rest are all gonna be in fields and on beaches with James Lowe somewhere. So Sam Curtis, our young player, 15 year old Rovers Academy starlet, is on loan at Boyer Leverkusen. He's on loan. Ooh. Yep. That's amazing. Fair play there. That's interesting. And the Rovers members meeting, of course, Prof, on Tuesday night. So our new CEO was announced. We've Dennis Donahue and a fantastic appointment for a member, season ticket holder, and um, cracker of a commentator as well. So known for his audibles. So brother of Dunster as well. And a mm-hmm. famous commentator. So both of them are at it. Winning goals at Richmond Park. Excellent stuff. So really looking forward to... Uh, Seeing how his reign goes. And yeah, so welcome. Welcome. Well, he's obviously he's been in the club for a while, but welcome uh, welcome to the working side of the club. Well, like, yeah, like you say, he's a member, a lifelong fan. Uh, I guess I won't be seeing him at the gate anymore, Gary, because he's been working uh, with the sort of the yeah. COVID compliance officers. And uh, I think he's going to have more important manners to attend the uh, CEO. But uh, yeah, best of luck, Dennis. Excellent stuff, so really, really happy. And a member, like one of our, uh, you could say one of our own, you know. So it's interesting to see how we get on there. But TikTok, prof, fucking hate TikTok, but our TikTok is good. We made our debut on TikTok, I think it was yesterday, so uh, really, really good. It was Danny Mandrew, gimme, 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 crest kissing gold. What more do you want? Yeah, I'm, maybe I'm a bit too old for the old tickety talk, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did like the Danny Mandrew video, it was good. Yeah, I know it's definitely. That's I think it's a it's a nice little unofficial way. Well, it's official, but you can kind of you can take a little bit of piss. Mm-hmm. So you got to be happy with that. And of course, we have Navin Hoops have been born out of uh, COVID and lockdown. The Hoops SC. So Navin Hoops SC looking for retreats. <laughs> <laughs> How does that tweet have no likes? That was that was a cracker of a response. And tell me, it was good, wasn't it? Nobody, nobody latched onto it. Very underrated tweet, I felt. Uh, I put up a picture of like this really, really fancy retreat <laughs> in Northern Ireland. I was like, yeah, this is lovely. Fell flat in its face. I'm glad you appreciate it, Prop. That's made me day. That's made me day. Um, <laughs> retreats. <laughs> retreats appreciated. Oh, man. And I, I, actually, I actually scrolled through Army's retreating. That's what made me laugh even more. I was like, Gar probably spent ages googling a nice retreat. Half an hour (laughs) googling armies retreating, and then I said, "I'm going up to retreats here. I'm going going away from the army side of things. (laughs) I'm going on." (laughs) Oh man, that Pat Martin I like that. Pat Martin should appreciate that. And Ray Whelan for the field dad jokes, but um, Samantha Library Prof, fantastic article in the Irish Times, and ironically. When I was in my 20s, I rented a place in Milltown. My dad came over to inspect exactly where it was, just to make sure it wasn't on Rover's old ground. Otherwise, he was going to disown me. It was actually just next door, so it was on dicey ground, but it was more than two decades that followed. 
Rovers were homeless, so myself and dad had spells visiting Talca Park, Daily Mail, RDS, Martin, Sta- and Martin Stadium to support them. And of course, you heard me interview Samantha uh, at Martin Stadium uh, earlier in the year. That was, a, that was a great interview. For a take me home, prof, we have mm-hmm. to get. That's another thing we're looking forward to, but we'll continue on with Samantha. He says, I miss going to the game so much. I miss being there with my dad. I miss taking Finn, and I can't wait to take Leash. Am I saying that right, prof? I hope I am. I'm guessing it's pronounced the same way as Port Leash. I'm going to say Leash. But then again, it could be Leisha. So sorry, Samantha, unless for butchering your daughter's name. Unless it's a type on Louise, who knows? Yeah, maybe so. So my four-year-old daughter, to her first game. So over the last year, you missed the people, you missed the atmosphere, you missed the games. Rovers used the motto, nothing beats being there. And we've all never felt that more than in the last year. You can't describe to people what it actually means. Because there is nothing really like being there. I feel a little bit sorry for people who only support Premier League clubs. Because if you're not going to live games, you don't have the experience and the privilege we've had living through those highs and lows being with the team the atmosphere that goes with it and I just can't imagine being a football fan and not going to games the two of them go hand in hand for me an absolutely brilliant bit of writing from Samantha it's just so true and it just hits home so well and that is the case they just don't get it they just don't get it and you know what I think like Owen Roy said let's give up preaching to the masses and say let's enjoy what we have I think think he said that a couple of years ago I might have to dig out that article again. Do we, actually, yeah, I, do we just have to convert ways. them? Are we like I know we have LOI curious and we did try and convert a couple of people. Fuck them and just enjoy what we have. It's just exactly what it is. I was reading a few of the comments below the article and uh, people were praising it rightly so. It was fantastic. And uh, someone said it is a hard sell unless you grew up with it. It is, and the whole attitude of oh it's shite, but like it's there's a certain mentality that is instilled in some of these bar stoolers that sometimes are lost causes and they're just not worth the effort. Like the whole, I think it's the Anfield Brigade, brigade more than anything. Like, I mean, I grew up hating Liverpool fans so much. But we also haven't helped ourselves with some of the examples Samantha gave, like the toilets in, the, the toilets in Talca Park yeah. feeling their way in the dark. Uh, like that sort of like, ridiculous stuff. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so brilliant stuff from Samantha. And in totally, totally unrelated news, Tommy Stewart is releasing music. How about that? Random. Yeah, totally random. Random one of the week. Um, hopefully he's talking about his couple of braces against Pats. I'm a better man, I'm a better man. There's just no way that I'm going down. Pushed out to sea, now I can't breathe. Where's the shore? Do you remember the TNS banner? Remember, where, where's that? Somebody get that. Somebody tell us where that is. The TNS banner, the Twig and Stewart aimed at balls. Do you remember that one? I could do remember. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, that came out. So the worst eleven, bro. Whew! Just the three months to, to get it done. <laughs> so the worst eleven. So the rules are eleven different fans. They got one pick each, and they weren't allowed to choose any names from our original eleven from earlier this season, which was Alan Kane, Mick Gorman, Dan Devine, Andy Moore, Correa, Gilbert. Darren Mean on the wings, Willow McDonough, Killian Brennan in the middle, Paddy Kavanagh on the wing with Martin Cameron and Paul Stokes. So, yeah, and also now on this car about you um, picking people to do this worst 11, uh, especially early on, you were getting, uh, you got a few no's, didn't you? Like people oh, yes. didn't want to slay people or whatever. And I think you were in work and you were leaving me voice messages and you were saying, oh, yeah, I was talking to a girl and worked there. And uh, her fella uh, loves Rovers. So I just said, here you, uh, pick a worse defender, will you? Yeah. And I, so I'm like, 
It's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, well, what does what's his name, Gar? And Gar goes, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't opportunist. Know. I don't know his name. Opportunist. Gar says he made his way onto the podcast before Gar knew his name. But he listens. That's all that matters. <laughs> we love all our fans. Let's keep Murphy. Big shout out to Keith. Thanks very much. He picked. Uh, he picked Jason McGuinness. Pulling people off the street at this Pull, stage. Yeah, that's the way it was. <laughs> Strays. Alright, so uh, you have the rules. You have the original team. And uh, here is Gary P's worst 11. Hi, Fiat Crowbrolicon here. And I'm kicking off the fans' worst 11. Um, starting with the goalkeeper. I was very happy to hear last week Kerry Gilbert was the first name out of the hat. Because if Kerry Gilbert summed up the kind of malaise and poor attitude of players in the post-Mick O'Neill era, then Rayard Peters uh, summed up the frantic ineptitude of Stephen Kenny in that time. And I think people nowadays kind of look back with rose-tinted glasses a bit at Kenny and say we should have given him more time because of what he'd done at Dundalk afterwards. But I think decisions like this show why he was definitely the, la- the wrong man for the job. So Rayad Peters, he was a 19-year-old South African keeper and we signed him from the Nike Academy and at the time Stephen Kenny described him as, I think it was the best young goalkeeper he'd ever seen. So he really bigged him up, which he would go on to eat his words. (laughs) So anyway, in the League Cup second round away to Salt Hill, Devon, Galway was when he made his uh, first team debut for Rovers. And I'll describe to you how our own McDarrah Ferris described his first ever touch for Rovers in a competitive match. First touch for Peters uh, and it's touch and go whether he has handled it outside the area. The assistant gives the big South African the benefit of doubt. So we went on to win that match against inferior opposition but by the sounds of it he had a kind of a shaky enough match. We just lost 5-1 to Pats on the Friday so pressure was on Janssen who was starting for Rovers and goals at the time. Um, which really says it all because Oscar Janssen would have probably been my next choice for worst keeper in the Tala era anyway um, and he was keeping Peters out of the team. So the following week Peters he kept his place in the starting 11 despite a ropey performance in Galway for the Satanta Cup semi-final against Derry City only to be sent off after 15 minutes. Derry went on to score the subsequent peno he gave away and we lost that match 3-0. So he wasn't to be seen then for another while. <laughs> and as far as I know, this is the only other involvement for the first team. It was the catastrophic 3-0 loss in the showgrounds where we effectively surrendered our league crown to Sligo. As I mentioned, Janssen wasn't playing well and Kenny had built Peters up. So he's under a lot of pressure from the fans to give this 19-year-old a proper go on nets. And in typical Stephen Kenny style, he gave in to the fans' pressure and did just that, but for the toughest and biggest league match of that year. And he was brutal. Less than five minutes in, he rushed out and only for the crossbar he would have been embarrassingly lobbed by Mark Quigley. Minutes later, Danny North rounded him but missed the open goal. Those fans that we were in the away section, we knew then we were in for a long day and I remember the sinking feeling in my stomach watching him. Danny North then was given more or less an open goal by him a few minutes later and he made no mistake that time. I think he was actually joking about Peters' performance in that match on the podcast recently. We went on to lose the match 3-0, but it could have been so much worse. Uh, and that was his last competitive appearance for Rovers, and that match effectively done for Stephen Kenny too. So my choice for number one for the Rovers fans' worst 11 is Rayad Peters. How is Ricky the Boff Keegan? 
will be returning to Twitter soon from the Larry Longlows up the Rovers. And in goal, we have Rayad Pedersay, the worst goalkeeper ever in the league, let alone the fucking club. He'd more red cards than saves. And then in front of him... Right, so I'm going to go Greg Costello left back. Definitely the worst wing back I've seen. Thought he'd be great because he was from the area, but he was fucking shy. He had long hair as well, like a long step, and he was from the area. He actually played in the cup final in 2002, and we got beat to dirty. He didn't do himself favours that day either. He was fucking catmalogen. But uh, when we jumped on the pitch, when the fire happened, and at the end of it, now when they won, I actually got his jersey, and I actually have a hung up in the kitchen downstairs well the fucking utility room downstairs framed so we actually have framed the worst left back ever at the club and that's who i'm gonna go with greg costello hello it's emma wheatley and this is my addition to the worst shamrock rovers 11. so i'm picking a player from the shoddy collins era a former premier league player at that For those of you lucky enough not to have followed Rovers during that time, the squad was affectionately known as the Shamrock Rovers Drinking Club and their off-the-pitch performances were definitely more impressive than their on-field ones. I've chosen defender Jason Gavin, who apparently played for Middlesbrough, Bradford, Huddersfield, among others, before he packed his bags and came home to Dublin. He said himself that he was the highest paid player at the club that season, which makes even more sense because the only thing he picked up more than his wages were yellow cards. And I haven't seen many players move as slowly as Jason Gavin did. And I'm sure the phrase turns like a bus was voted that season just for him. Uh, I think most would agree that that was one of the most unlikable Rover squads in recent times because as well as most of them being shite, or related to Roddy Collins, the vast majority were absolute misfits and Jason Gavin just sounds like he was one of the biggest ones. Roddy used to constantly have them in Temple Bar after games and one night there was a scuffle between some of the players, I think outside the Morgan or something. And if I remember correctly, Roddy threw a punch at Gavin that left him with a black eye. Uh, Another story is how he got the scar on his cheek. Apparently he was pissed in a taxi, fell out of the taxi and got hit by another car. And then there was another time at the end of a pre-season tour, uh, not necessarily with Rovers this one, but the squad was leaving to go home and he was nowhere to be found. He'd gone AWOL in some small Spanish village. So yeah, shite on the pitch and an absolute misfit off it. Uh, how are you doing? This is uh, Keith Murphy. So worst uh, Rovers starting eleven um, of all time, I think. For me, probably won't be a popular choice because he he did get a few goals, and I think he won a I think he won a league cup. But this will be uh, Jason McGuinness. Um, just never really rate him. He used to play centre back. Was always able to get a card. Um, I think he two spells, two spells. He was in two thousand and five. He was with a with Rovers. It was a bad team. Came from Bowes. Went back to Bowes. And then after that, he was back in 2013. I remember seeing him then. Uh, one particular game against Drada at home. Not Drada, Cork at home. We lost 2-0 and he was shocking. Um, don't know how we managed to have such a career with top clubs. But yeah, a lot of people probably think he's think he's, think he's he's a decent player. But we never really rated him. 
Um, definitely Jason McGuinness. Remember he left us then, went to Pats, got a goal against us down in Jakar in the Cup and uh, he was only delighted with himself. But um, yeah, that's my choice, Jason McGuinness. How are you? My name is Patrick Twitty and my choice for right back, for worst ever Rovers player, fan or Glenmalore Rovers player is Gary Parsons. Yeah, Gary came to the club with a great reputation. He was telling everybody that he played for Pats on that age, this, that and the other. Crung United wanted him at 16, 17, playing that same team. But I mean, he made his debut, I think, in a, a League Shield game for Glenmalore. Again, so I'm sure you can't even remember. And he was just horrendous from the from the world go. He was barking orders, thought he knew everything. Couldn't pass the ball. Terrible in the air. Um, got sent off. Four or five times a season, might have even got sent off on his debut. So, my choice for worst ever Rovers player fan, Glenmore Rovers player at Roy Full is Gary Parsons. Mm, thank you. Um, you probably should ignore that. How are you, lads? Brendan Dawson here. So, at Roy Full, beside Jason McGuinness, for me, would have to be Dave Smith. I still have nightmares and memories of the day in Sanctuary, which any Rovers fan can relate to. What was worse for me that day is I was ball boy right on the side of the pitch. Um, the second half, Dave Smith, he done something silly and Damien Richin just absolutely went ballistic. I've never seen him react the way he did. And the result of that, Dave's head went down. He just, he just gave up playing. And the rest is history. Still have nightmares about it. What was worse for me was... That day, I had to go in after, after every match. You had to bring the balls back into the dressing room. And you associate Damien Richin with class, the way he spoke, the big words, how he used to speak and talk of the club. What i seen of him that day still gives me nightmares. Young little ball boy, seen a grown man, absolutely two men holding him back, going through Dave Smith like there was no tomorrow. And oh, it was just horrible. So for the memories alone of that terrible day, probably a bit harsh, but for that day alone, it's Dave Smith. All right, Johnny Maloney, the Bowles fan here. Um, I'm probably the only Bowles fan following Rovers about 25 years. Um, the worst winger I've ever seen at Rovers has to be James Keddy. That might seem harsh to people, but his overall play probably wasn't as bad as others, but his cup final miss against Derry was unforgivable then, and it's probably still unforgivable now. So James Keddy's my, the worst winger I've ever seen at Rovers. How's it going? My name is Stephen Jones, lifelong Rovers fan from Glenview in Talla. And my selection for the Shamrock Rovers' worst all-time eleven is central midfielder Luke Dimmich, a.k.a. the Maltese Falcon, a.k.a. the Maltese Pirlo. And the reason for the selection is not because Luke Dimmich was an out-and-out shy player. It was because of the potential that he that he had and uh, the Rovers legend he could have been. Uh, came to us from Salima Wanderers in the Maltese Premier League. Uh, he had the body of an Adonis. He had the hair of Samson. And he had a tan like David Dickinson. He was a beautiful, beautiful man. Uh, he was like a god walking the earth. Um, but the problem was, instead of proving that he was Pirlo-esque, I think he was too busy going to Plaza and chatting up dollies, to be honest with you. Uh, he 
made 16 appearances for Rovers um, back in 2002 was when he came sent off in one of his early games didn't do much in the cup final that year uh, fell out of favour with the club and, and packed his bags and off he went uh, he did grace the English lower levels with um, Mansfield and Chester and then Macclesfield um, but yeah there was a good memory I have is of a handful of fans trying to get a chant going from you know uh, trying to will him on to be great and they would say, Luco Di Meccio, Luco Di Meccio. And this really annoyed one fan in particular who kept going, it's not his name, lads. It's not his fucking name. Luco Di Meccio, it's not his fucking name, lads. And then that got incorporated into the chant, Luco Di Meccio, that's not his fucking name. And uh, like his Rovers career, it didn't last long. <laughs> um, but I have a good memory of that because myself and my pal Dave Mooney, who obviously went on to play for Rovers, uh, we were getting great crack out watching this one fella uh, snap uh, when that little half a chant got going. But yeah, Luke Dimmich, central midfield, him and Jason Caldwell were as about as, uh, as mid-table a central midfield partnership as you could get. Um, so yeah, could have been great, could have been a legend. You know, um, too busy scouring the streets of Dublin for a bit of skirt. My selection is Luke Dimmich. Hello, my name is George Carty. Um, my nomination in the 50 of the worst Rovers 11 is Tommy Dunn in central midfield. Now, I know Tommy will make people's head scratches when they hear me say central midfield. We'll come to that in a moment. Um, just a bit of background on the time. 97-98 season, we'd finished forward, done quite well um, into the Intertoral Cup following season in Europe. So we we had a decent enough team, we were all looking forward to it. Um, then in the 98 season, before it started, we were in the Super Cup at the time. Competition set up by the FAI for the top four teams who were playing in Europe that season to have some proper matches instead of just friendlies against junior sides, etc. Um, it was also set up to uh, see what the, what the public opinion would be on, on summer soccer, which obviously didn't come for another few years, but it did help. Um, to, to, to bring summer soccer to us. Um, <clears throat> we won the Super Cup 2-0 actually that year. Um, we all great, looking forward to a good season. Billy Woods and Brian Morris Rose scored the final beat Pats 2-0. Um, we thought we were going to have a good season, good players there. Season started off okay, did okay, but as it went along, we were just off the pace and off the pace and eventually um, we were really, really dire straits. It was getting toxic at the club. Mick Bourne was getting abused left, right and centre. And as you can imagine, the Tolka was that you can actually stand beside the dugouts, which people were, and shouting abuse. It was toxic, totally toxic. Um, so in Mick's wisdom, he decided one of the games to play Tommy Dunn in central midfielder. Now, Tommy is a great lad, very solid fullback, honest as the day is long. But he's no central midfielder. To me... A rover central midfielder needs to be able to create goals, score goals, um, defend, you name it. That's the top guys have all done it down the years. Tommy couldn't Tommy scored one goal, I think, in five seasons. I think um the Rovers goal scorer on this only Tony O'Dowd scored less than Tommy over that period. Um really bad. You know, couldn't believe he was played there in the first place by Mick. I don't know what Mick was thinking. I think Mick said down later later years. We had injuries or something that season, which, yeah, fair enough, but you don't play Tommy in the centre of midfield. Um, 
it, it was kind of to me, you know, going to watch Rovers. It's like going to an expensive Italian restaurant, sitting down, having a nice meal. Then you play somebody like Tommy in centre midfield. It's like sitting down for that meal and pouring red ketchup all over before you eat it. You know, that's that's the way I look at it. <laughs> um, it's great that Tommy, as I said, give you everything, but he's no centre mid midfielder, not in a million years. Um, as I happened, we finished eight that season, 30-odd points behind Pats who won it. Shocking, Mick ended up, uh, Joe Colwell had to let him go. It was just gone so bad. Um, yeah, so Tommy is my nomination. Thank you. Hello, this is uh, Jim Conroy Hooper. Just been asked a question about the the worst winger to play for Rovers. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one in a minute. The, the uh, like wing, wingers that they they start to become extinct after the Ramsey's wingless wonders won the World Cup in '66. But I was lucky enough to see some fine wingers uh, myself and Frank O'Neill, our own Frank O'Neill, Jimmy Johnston, and Jim. Jim Baxter immediately uh, spring spring to mind from 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 that uh, era. You know, how would you define wingers since since around nineteen seventy one? Like like that was as I say that that was the it was the year decimal currency came in and uh, pounds shillings and, pe- shillings and pence went by the wayside a little a little bit like 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 the wingers of old it's 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 been hard to define what a winger is since since that time I suppose since then we've had fellas like the great the great John Robertson at, at Forest and Pat Nevin who's, who's in the news lately at, at Chelsea they were they were great players but it, it's it's you know they they seem, they seem they seem to be a breed that that's gone by the wayside now with, um, let's see with, with, with Rovers I'd make a surprise selection really I'd go for a guy called Michael O'Connor there was a couple of Michael O'Connors played for Rovers but but the the, the one I'm talking about was the one from the 19, 1980s the mid 80s he, he was probably some kind of winger anyway he he was a fine player but, but never really fitted in at Rovers was brilliant with it loan. He, he was he was kind of Ireland's answer to, to, to Francis Lee who who played for Manchester City and England. He, he he was way ahead of his time in certain ways. He was a great diver in the box and always he used to drive us mad. I, I think Noel Sinnott and Peter Records would remember him. He'd, he'd go down the box very easy and he, and then he, to make it worse, he'd dust himself off and always convert the penalty and all that, you know. But he, so he, he had a bit of a history with Rovers, but, he, but he, he was a very fine player, but he just didn't. He did very little with Rovers. He was a bit unlucky, like at the end of 85, 86, where he, he broke his leg and Derry didn't help. But he he, stayed, he he was with us. He was with us for a little while after that. And uh, again, did very little. I suppose his main claim to fame was um, when when he was when he was he, he was at a match in Daily Mount and he wasn't playing. He was sitting in the stand and he got bored and he, he decided to, 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 to go. To go across and buy some bull's eyes or polo mints or something he, he fancied the sweets so so he, he but but he he was going to shop across the road at Damon. he couldn't even cross the road properly because he got hit by a car and and and, and that kind of <laughs> that, that, that put that put him out on the on the injury list again so he that, that was kind of summed up his time at rovers in fact, his nickname at Rovers was a lot of the fans used to call him Michael Sweets O'Connor. So, kind of Sweets was was his nickname for obvious reasons. I think 
the late great big dick had, had a lot to do with uh, with Michael getting that that, that particular uh, nickname, you know. Oh, Michael Sweets O'Connor, what a man! But as I said, and I, he was a very fine player, but but just but just just not with Rovers, you know. Yeah, as I said at the start, I don't really know what a, a winger is anymore in 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 the modern uh, terms, in modern times. But I think it might be time to call in a, a, a football intellectual like Jason Maloney to explain. Are wingers still around? What is the story? How do you define a winger in the mod in the modern era? You know. Okay, thanks very much, and keep on hooping. Bye bye bye. How are you, lads? Gigsy hand here. Thanks for having us on. Um, so my inductee into the Rovers' worst eleven is going to be Eamon Zaid. Um, I'm not sure about. A lot of the fans, but I know for myself, when Zaid first signed, I was actually thinking just this could be a very good signing. Proven goal scorer in the league. <clears throat> he had done it with a couple of clubs. And when Crawley signed him, I think it was the 23rd then, I was thinking, lovely, he'll start to get his goals here. Um, how wrong I was. Um, I just remember. He just didn't endear himself to the fans whatsoever. Um, he just he looked lazy. He just looked out of shape the whole time he was with us. I remember there was a Twitter page going around called Eamon Zayed Shorts because it looked like he was wearing triple XL shorts. I don't know, that's because of how big his arse was. Um, yeah, and I don't know, just we, just Rovers seem to have this kind of knack of signing, at a stage we are signing all the big names, and they just came to Rovers and crumbled. And I think this literally, Eamon was exactly fits into that category. Um, he was just, just didn't do anything really. He was absolutely muck. Like, if you are chasing a game, you couldn't even bring him on. Like, he wouldn't run for you. He reminded me a little bit of that, like, you know, the kind of Berbatov style where, you you know, he wouldn't, it looks like he was lazy, but, I mean, Jason, obviously, Berbatov was a much better player. But, yeah, he was just, just terrible. Like, I think he scored maybe two or three goals in the season. And then we shipped him out. He went on loan, I think, to Sligo, um, where he got a handful of goals even there. Like, you know, he probably had a better time even on loan there than he did with us. But no, he was just brutal, and um, yeah, seeing so he's going to be sitting there. Oh, he's—I think he's the fourth striker to be inducted. He's going to be sitting ahead of Luca Demecchio, um, just having a look through the the other players so far. I see Jason Gavin, Jason McGuinness. So the team is starting to hot up nicely. Um, but yeah, no, like even after we sold Zayed, I think he went on to play games for Libya and score goals. I don't know what it was with Rovers. Maybe just the fact he was with Sligo and stuff like that and dropped in. I don't know, like he scored goals around the league, but he just looked like a big lump of shite when he was with us. It looked like he had absolutely zero interest. And I think he probably came in on a wage as well, which, you know, fans, like we followed Rovers for years, even when we were terrible. And if a player gave a hundred percent, but he was terrible, you'd cut him a bit of slack. But my God, was he absolutely crap! So thanks for having us on, boys. Keep on helping. 
Hi, this is Paddy Daly. I think the worst ever centre forward I've seen playing for overs would have been a guy called Robbie Cook. He played around, I think, 75 or 76, if I'm not mistaken. It's when I started going to overs by myself. Um, I can't remember a whole lot about him, except for the fact that he didn't score many bleeding goals. We had another centre forward that played with him at the time, a fella called Donald Morphy, who was an absolute brilliant player. Absolutely brilliant player. And maybe just that he looked, he made Robbie look shite all the time. Robbie's, I think Robbie had a brother that played for us as well, Mick Cook, who went went on to manage Drada, if I'm not mistaken. Can't be, can't be 100% sure now. I'm probably being a bit hard on Robbie because he, he actually played in a, a pretty poor Rovers team at the time. We, we'd packed on a goal, he was super. But there was a few others now where they let a lot to be desired, in fairness. I think Robbie eventually went to Bowles where he didn't pull up any trees either, in fairness. Um, I think I, I think I remember him scoring one goal, and it probably would have been an Atlanta Senior Cup game or something like that in Milltown. He was a small guy with a moustache, if I'm not mistaken, and a big black head of hair. You probably thought he would look like Mick Leach, but he was nothing like Mick Leach, I can assure you. But uh, yeah, I'm probably being, probably being a bit harsh on him, because I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I would comfortably say he's probably the worst ever centre-forward I've seen playing for Rovers. Yeah, so Cat Malogian, Prof, you're a fan of that, aren't you? That's you're a, a very, very underrated word. Ricky Buff. Love it. From the hotbed of talent that is Crumlin. And, uh, yeah, an absolute stinker of a team there. So that team again was Rayad, Peter Say, Greg Costello, Jason Gavin, Jay McGuinness, Dave Smith from the Massacre. That was 6-4. James Keddy for his miss. Uh, Luco Demecchio. And a big shout-out to Stephen Jones. If you haven't heard of Stephen Jones... Check him out on Instagram. Check out his acting. Check out all the stuff that he does. Very, very talented individual. He was in Dublin Old School, uh, in a couple of more movies. Very, very cool, talented individual. Check him out. An um, actor. An actor, a thespian, as they say. Um, I don't know what accent that was there. <laughs> that just came flying out. But he's brilliant. Check him out on uh, Instagram and check out all of his stuff. He's a really cool guy. And uh, thanks for giving me your time, Tommy Dunn. A ball from the blue there as well. Yeah, I, I had no idea he'd ever played there. I'm interested in this. I'm interested in people's accounts of this. Jimmy Conroy, I'm talking to you. Uh, anyone else? Photographic memories. Maloney, can you remember Tommy Dunn playing centre mid under the McBourne era? With Michael Sweets O'Connor. Jim Conroy once again. Fantastic. How cool was this in that voice now? Death, Taxes and Jim Conroy featuring <laughs> on Tez and the East End. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Eamon Zoyed's arse and Robbie Cook up front. Yeah. So great picks from the lads. And like I said... My team would definitely get hammered by your team. My team is much worse. Uh, I don't know. Are oh, you Killian Brennan? So I mean, I'm you've got a you've got a bit of an advantage of being much more shy. Looking back at the first one, yeah, we're both shy. They're both shy teams. Both but, shy. Uh, uh, just on the buff as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's apropos of nothing. He just sends you another voice now about. Uh, <laughs> Who was again? A figure McCardle. And he goes, I got, oh yeah, just another shy midfielder. Uh, figure McCardle. He was mad skinny and he had a big nose. He looked like a two litre jug of milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the buff. I'll yeah. tell you what, I was trying to get him to have his own segment. It's called Ricky's Rants, where he just pick random shit that he hates. He's very observant. He's very observant like that. He just pick shit out of. Randomly, and he just started talking about how much he hates it. I like, I want to hear that segment. Uh, Ricky's rants, yeah, it's coming soon. Couple other notes. Uh, Amos Zayed's shorts on Twitter. That's that was a throwback. Jesus, mm. I remember that Twitter account. 
Uh, he had a hungry arse, didn't he? You know, his arse was eating the shorts. They were so oversized. <laughs> like, what was the crack with that? Um, Ray and Peter say, actually did play again after that shambles 3-0 defeat in Sligo. He played two League Cup games and two Leinster Senior Cup games. But, yeah, Shawgrounds, that was his only ever league appearance. I remember that. I remember watching that on the telly. I couldn't get down to it. That was a disaster. I remember Gartland yeah. being horrible that day as well. Am I right in saying that? Gartland playing centre half that day? I think everyone I was think bad. He could, yeah. Johnny Maloney was very sensitive, wasn't he? I, I only called him a boss fan. That's all. Just telling the truth, like. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is... Uh, any other notes on the old Wars 11, Prof? No, that's it. Well, that's no, it. So that's it. it. We might get another cracker, one. We might get another one. We might get another one. hurt anybody's feelings. How long will that take? Jesus Christ. Five <laughs> more than that. Right, so uh, next up we have... Start 11th and predictions. Right, Prof, it's a toughie. It's a toughie. We're not sure. Pico, is Pico quarantining? Is Finn injured? Is Greener injured? I is mean, what's back? Is what? I don't know. So we're gonna we're in the dark here. We're in the dark. We're in, the, we're in Talca Park's toilets here. Feeling our way around. Feeling our way around. So I'm gonna go Manus. I'm gonna go. Grace, Pico. Grace, Pico and Hor, alright? Because Joby's out. We know that. Scales is going to go on the left because we haven't got Cavo. We haven't got Ferruja. Gannon's going on the right because we don't know if, we don't know the crack with Finn. Finn could be out. I'm guessing he's out because he's injured. So mm-hmm. Gannon on the right. Gary O'Neill, of course, in the middle. The main man. Uh, I'm going to... Are we going to put two up top? Are we going to go with Gaffney and Green again up top and drop Mandroy in, Ma- Mandrew into that? I think it depends not, on our injury crisis, doesn't it? You and I agree, don't we? We'd rather not see Green no. and Gaffney together. But no. Because of injuries, I presume, they've been starting together the last few games. But Right, I'm going to go... Oh, Right, because because of his... Oh, I'm, I'm changing my team. I'm scribbling, I'm scribbling. I'm changing I'm going to play Mandroy in that role. Cause he got he, he was okay he was he was better against Longford right so Mandroyu beside Gary O'Neill oh, I'm gonna go Bork Greener and Gaffney if they're all fit if we're if they are so that's and and you're you're gonna you're gonna laugh here Prof where do who we spanked this season Waterford who we spanked this season Is Waterford the only game we scored three goals spanking that's what I'm saying think, yeah. Five nil rowers. Five nil. Five nil rowers. Where are all these goals coming from? Bork's getting a hat trick. He has oh. to. He needs. He's gonna get. He has one a season where he scores over three goals, or he gets a hat trick. Bork a hat. Bork hat trick. Gaffney, Mandroyu, and a few assists uh, for Gary O'Neill. Are you aware of the the Berkey milestone on Friday? Oh, there we go. It's just playing into my hands here. Tell me. He's set to make his one hundredth appearance for the club. Ah. Oh. Hattrick all day. That I'm going to bookies on that one as well. <laughs> Borky four scorer has to be, has to be five nil. Hit me, prop. What have you got? Now that could have been very different. I had McCann written down here beside Gary O'Neill. Mandrew pushed up with Bork and Gaffney, and that was Green. I dropped. So now I'm at putting Green back in, and I take out McCann, and I'm putting in Mandroyu. A lot of floating around here. For my team, I'm actually going to start McCann rather than Green, and I'm going to bring Green on. Second half. To oh, finally we differ, prop. I like gonna, it. He's gonna nick one of those second half braces, you know, and that he's, he's, he's seen him score and like yeah, three, yeah, four yeah, nil yeah. wins. 
And yeah, I'm going to say 4 0. So Grace is going to come off the bench, get two in the second half. Berkey would get two in the first half. Grace? Or sorry, Aaron Green. No, you said Grace. Uh, yeah, Grace will go with us. So yeah, 4 0. Lovely. Very, very happy with that, Prof. We're all, we're all dying to see Rovers back in the stand. And thousand fans, I'm interested in how we sound as fans spread out singing. You know what I mean? I'm intrigued by this. I can't wait. I can't wait for the, the levels and the, the audio. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. See if it'll work. But whatever your imagination of what it'll be, it'll be up like 30-40% because the pure emotion. Yeah. And the buckets of points we've been milling before. <laughs> but yeah, I can't wait. Like All the energy, everything just... 16 months of beans blown <laughs> all at the same time beans everywhere um, how special is this because it's very, like if you look at the way some people are talking about it it's remind me of the first game in Tata first ever game in Tata the opening night people are saying like oh, I won't be doing the Tapa work that morning probably people taking half days and all this stuff it's like the first game all over again nothing's getting done all week man it's fucking all the anticipation is leading towards that it's absolutely brilliant and don't forget the golden goal prof we have a manscaped kit to make your balls baldy and we have a monster pot as well so it's a tenner in usual Aaron Dunn I'll tell you 200 quid he won um, it's a nice nice pot really is worth getting your you're getting your few quid into every every bit of every pot every bit of the, every penny from the pot goes to the winner and you're getting a manscaped kit worth 150 quid ball deodorant ball bam uh, all all cool stuff that's included in this Manscaped kit are you giving away my one because I'm not using it is it no we got an extra oh well no <laughs> yes yes we're, we're giving away your one probably. <laughs> yes yes oh no my one used only once just <laughs> used only once <laughs> um, so SRFC TV prop yeah don't forget Golden Gold get us on Instagram find us on Instagram Tales from the East End and uh, get involved in it because it's it's a big part man like it's a no, you're watching Rovers and, you, and if you get the right minute you win 400 quid I'd say we're up to 200 and something at the minute so obviously it's not payday yet but it will roll in before you move on to the TV there I'm interested in both aspects you've got the emotion of the fans being the first match in 15-16 months Moses. also the players because you heard Gary earlier saying they're actually used to it now yeah, it's closed terrible doors. isn't it now they have to kind of get used to this again and I think it was staff who said that this blew my mind those players have never had Shamrock Rovers champions sung to them oh well they have to be, you have to enter the fucking build enter, think about they that have to, they have to enter to that don't they 100% enter to that so brilliant stuff SRFC TV as well prof this is uh, this is going to knock your socks off that's what this is going to do we have replays Gar. Replays. Actual replays. Actual replays. Of goals. Of goals. Gonna knock your socks off, blow your beans. It's gonna be absolutely brilliant. Um we have, jam-packed uh, with celebs and Twitter anarchists. Who's the celeb? Con Murphy? Con is the I think Buzz is the twin the Twitter anarchist, isn't he? He's just boiling piss all over fucking Twitter <laughs> lately. Yeah, so it comes on air at seven forty five, fifteen minutes before kickoff. You got Con Murphy and Graham Gartland on commentary. Uh, no, this was actually a requirement from the FEI for every home club in the stream right we're not allowed to show biased in the commentary it's your own production though 
But actually, like it's it's in their rule book. It's like don't be biased. The commentary should a bit vague, isn't it? Shouldn't show bias in the commentary. It's a bit vague. I guess they're talking about you know the Pat Byrne and the Derry commentary when they go yes when they yeah, score. Yeah. That but sort that of was thing. brilliant. That was brilliant. I didn't mind. I didn't care anyone who was doing it. Like all the home mm. co commentators were brilliant doing that. Nah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so that's that. SRT, check it out. Hoop scene prof. The for as as usual, fantastic stuff, and the literary genius that is Jason Mooney and the prof, of course, uh, have their articles in it. And once again, check online on shamrockrovers.ie for the bundle, three pack bundle. But of course, the lucky fans who are in the stadium will get to buy it in the flesh. And um, yeah, so. yeah, get you use your uh, three game hoopsie bundle and get you your blackout range in the shop. Yeah, get you our. I love the blackout range. It's absolutely mm. brilliant. Garrett. I think some people though having a bit too much fun with the club shop reopening. I mean, <laughs> pulling the arms off mannequins now. <laughs> mannequins getting battered in in the. You'd swear Tutty was around. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're uh, we're just so happy to be back, Prof. Really, I'm, I cannot wait. The night off work. We've outdoor dining back as of Monday, and we've made a couple of bookings, Prof. We're gonna be boozing into four profs. So if you fancy a point beforehand, we will be there, I'd say, 2 or 3 o'clock onwards. We're going to be sipping on the puddle, in the puddle. Uh, it's going to be great crack, four profs, down in Kimmage. Google them, check them out, and keep an eye out for a little uh, collaboration between Tifties and them. And then we're going to be going to the Laurels, up to Perrytown, to the Mafia, hopefully catch a point with them. And then we will march onto home. And we will be, we're going to play Harps, boys. I can't, I can't wait. Absolutely buzzing here. So, looking forward. Prof, I'm going to actually say it. I'm going to say it. See you in the south stand. Well. Keep on hooping. Oh, man, how great does that sound? That's it for this week, guys. So, yeah, I'm going to say it again. See you in the south stand. And keep on hooping. See it. Look at me. Up and about. I haven't done this in 20 years. Oh. Grandpa! I never thought my life could be anything but catastrophe. But suddenly I begin to see a bit of good luck for me. Cause I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden twinkle in my eye I never had a chance to shine Never a happy song to sing But suddenly half the world is mine What an amazing thing Cause I've got a golden ticket It's ours, Charlie I've got a golden sun up in the sky Slippers, Charlie I never thought I'd see the day when I would face the world and say good morning. Look at the sun. I never thought that I would be slapping the lap of luxury, cause I'd have said it couldn't be oh, done. But it could be done. Ooh, the cane, Charlie. Ah, ah. <laughs> Here I go. Watch my speed. Oh, oh.